morning, I'm Frank Powers, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, the program where I speak to our neighbors, the people behind the scenes of our amazing organizations, small businesses, and nonprofits. Our friends are informing you how they serve our community, and they are here to give you updates on future projects. Let's make some new friends today. Integrative Touch, or InTouch, is working to change the way people experience healthcare. A leader in the field of pediatric integrative medicine, the organization supports caregivers and families whose children have any type of special health or medical need. This includes kids with cancers, genetic conditions, autism, cerebral palsy, traumatic stress, and other serious health issues. The founder, Shay Bider, pioneered a new therapy called Integrative Touch Therapy that supports healing from trauma and serious illness. The organization reaches thousands of people each year in hospitals, communities, and offers unique telehealth programs to families and healthcare providers from around the world. Thanks to the incredible support of volunteers and contributors, individuals are able to receive wellness, education, and integrative medical services at little or no cost. Today, I'm joined by Shay Bider, founder of Integrative Touch. Shay, welcome to Lifestyle Tucson. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you today, Frank. I've given a little history lesson about Integrative Touch, but I want you to tell me the story of Integrative Touch, which is your story that I read on the website about when your life was forever changed as a pre-med student. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this is many years ago now, but I was in a hospital observing surgeries as a pre-med student, and I saw one little girl going in for surgery. And because I had no other job, you know, other than to be a fly on the wall, just, you know, watching what was happening, I saw and felt her fear and how alone and frightened she was. And that moment changed the rest of my life because there was just something in my heart that said, no, it doesn't have to look this way. We could, we can find other ways to make this less scary for children. And it was really that moment that was the birth of what later became Integrative Touch. So that was, uh, the inception of Integrative Touch was in 2005, and it's grown to be a leader in the field of pediatric integrative medicine, developing a first-of-its-kind whole child, whole family, whole community wellness model called health caring. And I love wordplay and good branding, so tell me about health caring over health care. Yeah, so health caring is really a holistic model of health care. So it's looking at that person in terms of, their mind, their body, their spirit. So it's looking at our emotional health, our mental wellness, our physical health, certainly, but it's a more comprehensive look and an understanding of the interrelationship and interconnectedness between, for example, our physical and mental health. Um, so as an example, I interviewed someone today who's an integrative psychiatrist, mm -hmm. and he uses food and nutrition to help with things like depression and anxiety. And, you know, these are the types of folks that we have involved both as volunteers and as employees um, with Integrative Touch and our, at our new healing center that's going to be opening very soon. Oh, we'll get to that. I'm all <laughs> excited about the new healing center. I saw that on the website. And I implore all of you to check out the website. It's at integrativetouch.org. But where I got a little lost on your website was on the uh, Our Story tab, mm -hmm. right? Because I was reading the vision of what you've got going on. And, I'll, and the note I wrote here is just be honest. So I'll tell you what happened. I'm reading it and then I get down and it's hard for me to read this stuff. Again, I, I was saying earlier, I'm a bit of a coward when it comes to this, as some people can be, because it can be a tough subject to tackle. We're talking about kids' health and kids that are sick. And I saw a photo 
and the kids wearing just a little WrestleMania shirt. And I love what the WWE does for kids and John Cena and how much they care. He just granted his 600th make a wish, which is the most in history. And that broke me down because when you put a face to it, that reminded me of a relative and they are in a wrestling shirt. I'm wearing a wrestling shirt right now. Like it just makes it real. And you can hear the timbre of my voice and it gets me choked up because it can be hard, but it's not sad what you do because you are the happy story behind any sick kid. So tell me about that and why this is not a sad thing to tackle today. Yeah, well, I think, uh, and I love the story you just shared. It's so true. We all need heroes, right? We need, yeah. we need people to elevate us in hard times. And a lot of the children we look to aspire to be people like that, you know, to have those kinds of heroes in their lives. I think there's a critical difference between pain and suffering. Mm. And once you really come to understand that, you see that pain is something we can work with and work through. There's medications. There's a variety of different approaches to manage pain. But suffering is really something else. You know, that's what the mind does in relationship to pain. And what I've noticed is with integrative touch, we really focus a great amount of our energy on alleviating, alleviating suffering. So we focus a great amount of our energy on that because we've just come to understand that you can have the same experience, right? You could get a cancer diagnosis and that could be, you know, on one level, the worst thing that's ever happened to you or your family. But on another level, if you have a whole community of people come forward and support you at a healing center and they're volunteering, they're giving their time, they're giving you kindness, they're providing therapies for you, they're giving you classes that you can take to help manage your fear and anxiety about that cancer diagnosis, that right there could actually become a transformatively positive experience because you're being loved by people in your community. So I think a lot of what we do is we reframe some of the most difficult experiences that people have and we help them to understand you're never really alone. We're here to support you through this. That's beautiful. Honestly, that what you said right there, pain and suffering, it almost sounds like a fork and a spoon. It's like, no, they do not have to go together. Mm -hmm. They do not have to be one and another. To get rid of suffering, to be handling that, that's what you're dealing with, that's beautiful. That is a really important way to look at it and makes a lot more sense, even as you just say it right there, is that just because we're in pain does not mean that we are made to suffer mm -hmm. because of help from, from people like you. So let's talk about the health center that you've got going on. So you've got this great big new thing happening. <laughs> is it open? It has, it's not open yet. It's coming soon, correct? The plan is to open in May of 2023, okay. coming oh, soon. Oh, any minute now. <laughs> any minute now. Minute now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, it's really a center for anyone in the community, but we do specialize in people who are experiencing illness and mm -hmm. trauma. So it's open to anyone. Anyone can participate. And actually, by having people that aren't experiencing illness or trauma come to the center, their like financial support and you know sort of payment for their services, mm -hmm. it's like a heal it forward model oh. where their funding will help to pay for the services for people that don't pay anything at all. Right. So it's designed in a way that we need the whole community to be a part of it, but our area of expertise is people suffering from illness and trauma. And so that will be embedded, you know, throughout everything that we offer at the center. I love it. I love the floor plan. Tell me a little bit about the floor plan of the center and all the rooms. 
Yeah. So the way we actually designed it is there's a kid's area and an adult's area. So Mm -hmm. you enter in two different doors. In the kid's area, we'll have camps for kids. So this is for kids of all abilities. So children who maybe have cerebral palsy or autism or different kinds of developmental conditions or they're experiencing cancer or other diagnoses, they can participate in these camps and they'll be matched with our junior volunteers who are like our camp counselors. And the whole curriculum is being designed actually with in relationship to a researcher at um, the University of Arizona. So we're bringing in wellness tools and skills, things that help kids learn like nervous system regulation, mm. compassion training, so you can build compassion both for yourself and for others, so self-compassion and compassion directed towards others. So it's a curriculum-based camp, and it's actually in the action of caregiving for children who have different health and medical needs. We've learned in our programs over the years that teaches teenagers to themselves be more compassionate. Mm -hmm. So like we had a quick example of this. One of our teenagers who volunteered in one of our past camps or retreats, as we called them, she was partnered with a young boy who had cancer. When she went back to school, she saw that there was another young boy, a different boy, sitting all alone, and he was bald, and she immediately recognized, oh, my goodness, he has cancer mm. because of her training from our program. And so she was a very social kid, and so she went over to him, invited him to sit with her. He ended up joining her friend group for lunch every day, and they became good buddies. It was her understanding of what he was going through that allowed her to have the compassion to want to include him. And like that pivot right there, teaching young people to make that pivot is a big part of what our organization is about. That's incredible. Do you train like teachers as well and other people that really deal with lots of kids to be able to deal with situations like that? Yeah. So at the Healing Center, we're also going to have tons of volunteer teachers, um, and other you know, educators so that they too can learn more. A lot of it is just building awareness about people of all abilities. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the things we saw over the years is that at first people can be scared if somebody has some kind of physical difference or they're in a wheelchair, there's a lot of ignorance in our culture yes. around that. And so we came to understand that through relationship development, exposure, doing things together, being fully engaged, you know, in kind of a team-based way, that all those barriers start to melt. Mm. And especially with young people, they can shift really quickly. So then to them, you know, seeing someone with autism or who happens to be in a wheelchair becomes a much less significant thing and becomes much more invisible, which Mm -hmm. is ideally what we want, right? We want people to be seen beyond those outer layers, which actually aren't the essence of who any of us is. Right. (laughs) The way you even said it, that happens to be. Right. Right. That happens to be. Yep. It's not their identity, Mm -hmm. right? They are someone, right? Just because they happen to be in wheelchair does not mean that they are less than or different than. It's just this. And if more people were used to it, and I think that's what it is. I look at it as a lot of people in society and the way that we're raised are raised to be comfortable. Aren't we all used to being comfortable? We're almost, it's a crime now if you feel uncomfortable. Unfortunately, the world can be an uncomfortable place and you shouldn't feel uncomfortable if you're going to QT and someone is in a wheelchair. Help that person. Don't be like, oh, I don't know what to do. I've seen friends of mine that like, let's wait in the car. Well, no, I'll get out and hold the door for a person because they felt uncomfortable. 
to the point where they practically cower away from from situations like this, where, where they're not the one that's actually put out. You know, people do got to learn a little more familiarity with situations like that. And the thing, the story you just told me about that sick kid, that's very inspirational. The fact that it was another kid that noticed it. That's really important. And that's huge because that's the future we need to build is one with more acceptance and one with more understanding and education for the differences and how different we all are. I love teaching kids to be unapologetically themselves and to be unique. Being unique can be the hardest thing on earth. And if you happen to be in a wheelchair or happen to, let's say, happen to have cancer, that's not why you want to be unique. That's not why you're trying to stand out. You want to be unique because you're still a great basketball player or you can draw or you can sing, right? We're not defined by these things and teaching the understanding behind it is really the thing that you can teach the most, I think. So I thank you and your organization for even doing it because that's really incredible. Mental health is so important. Mm -hmm. Helping everybody understand that and helping these kids deal with it and then the kids that surround other kids understand it is so important. Mm -hmm. Um. Let me share a personal story real quick where some of these folks don't know what to do in some scenarios. I was teaching some kids art at a school and there was a withdrawn girl sitting off on her own. And I go up to her at some point and I'm like, ah, so are you my ace? You're the maverick. You like to stand on your own and do that. And I just, I didn't shun her for that. I said, that's great. You're one of my favorite people, right? Cause she's not afraid to go against the grain or do this or do that. I find out later that then she starts really interacting with my program and really did the best. I find out later that she was so withdrawn because of some, her mother was killed. And even the teachers didn't know how to deal with it. And they're like, how did you know? How did you suss it out? And I'm like, I don't know, but she just seemed a bit withdrawn and I'm just friendly. So I lucked into being able to handle that correctly. But it would be nice if I had the training for that, for that situation, for these scenarios of helping kids that have a little bit more going on in their lives. Kids have lives just like adults have lives. They got a lot going on behind the scenes that we might not know. So being able to understand these hardships is is really important. Yeah. So, you know, just in listening to your story, a lot of what happened there was a sensitivity, right? An awareness that there was some level of suffering that was happening, but that also there was something you could do, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of what our organization does is recognize that there is suffering and then there are things that we can do. And so we started to see very much that illness doesn't just impact the child, it impacts their whole family. And so we very, from the inception really, started to treat the whole family. And mm -hmm. then as we got more and more into treating siblings and parents and other primary caregivers, we also started to see, oh, we're working in healthcare settings a lot because we've worked in the hospital, we've worked in palliative care. We saw, oh, the healthcare providers, they're also really stressed because they're dealing with so much serious illness. So we started to treat healthcare providers. And then we started to see, my goodness, there's so much trauma in the world. What about first responders, like mm. police officers and firefighters and you know, EMTs and people that are like on the front lines, but experiencing, again, a lot of trauma in trying to help others. So we just kept expanding our service model. So now at the Healing Center, we serve adults, we serve children, we serve all the different populations that I just mentioned. Like this is all part of the design of that model on purpose. And even we started to see, wait, what about individuals who, ha who are vets, maybe returning from war, they have PTSD. What about 
people who are elderly experiencing dementia and are, you know, in maybe the early stages of that are really struggling. Maybe they need support. So the Healing Center is truly a center for anyone who needs or wants healing because we started to see as we peeled back the layers of the onion, so to speak, mm-hmm. that in some ways we all need healing at some point in our life, right? It just depends on where you are and when that occurs. And so the center is available you know, to everyone. I mean, that's just incredible. Where is the center located? Yeah, so this is our beta center. It's like the first launch. And so we... Open, we'll open the doors. It's on Oracle Road, 7493 North Oracle Road, and it's just north of Ina. Okay. So it's a little on the north side, and, you know, who knows? If things go great, we'll open up another center and continue to expand this valuable work for the community. And how can things go great? Because how did you open this first center? I imagine you might take donations. Oh, my goodness. Oh, a wish and a prayer and some <laughs> meaningful donations. So we had a few key donors that stepped up, made some significant contributions. They gave us the courage to then ask a number of other donors mm-hmm. for smaller contributions. And essentially, together, we are, you know, we've piecemealed together a lot of those funds. And then we're continuing to offer opportunities. Like, as an example, someone could sponsor a child to go through our camp this summer so they could sponsor a child for a compassion camp for two weeks or four weeks. Wow. So there's interesting ways that you could make like a specific contribution that would maybe, you know, fit into somebody's budget. So I love that. I love that you can sponsor a child. I mean, that some people, again, oh, for just pennies a day, you can go help someone. But people don't believe it because they don't see it. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can actually be like, no, I'm going to sponsor a child that is right here in Tucson that you're going to help and have an impact on. That's very important. And that's real and it's tangible. Yeah. And also, our organization is more than like 95% volunteer. Mm-hmm. So another way that people can support this model and vision is to volunteer. We have so many opportunities, you know, in the kids program, on the adult side, there's a number of ways that you could get directly engaged. That's because time is money. So donate your time. It's the number one thing I talk about on Lifestyle Tucson is how volunteering can change your life. Don't make people do the things you want to do. Find people doing the things you want to do. So many people want to change the world. So many people want to save a life. So many people want to be a hero. And an organization like yours is literally rolling out the red carpet at a headquarters for you to go be a superhero to some kids. And that's really a big, big deal. You have a lot of other great programs, but let's talk about a specific program. It's a program like this one. It's a podcast. Yes, you have an Integrative Touch has a podcast Mm -hmm. called The Conversations on Healing Podcast. It reaches listeners around the world. It features interviews with top healthcare leaders, practitioners, thought leaders about the world of wellness, the powers of medicine, and what it means to heal today. The podcast is a great resource for anyone looking for wellness resources who want to learn more about health, healing, and everything going on in the modern world when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. How did you get the podcast going, and what do you like most about what's going on with it? You know, it's really interesting. It's something we'd wanted to do for a while, but when the pandemic started, we had to make a lot of shifts in our programs mm-hmm. and do a lot more online and you know, innovative things. And so we decided it was a perfect time to launch this Conversations on Healing podcast. And then it just took off. We got some incredible guests. So we've had uh, Daniel Goleman, who wrote the book Emotional Intelligence. He was Mm. the one who brought that whole term of emotional intelligence into the world and kind of birthed that awareness. Um, We interviewed him for the 25-year anniversary of that book. We've had a number of top like scientists, 
we interview a number of physicians that are in the field kind of looking from an integrative medical perspective. I mentioned the person that I interviewed today. That's an integrative psychiatrist who uses food and nutrition to help his patients to heal. Mm -hmm. He's very, you know, well-respected. His name's Drew Ramsey. He's going to be an upcoming guest on the podcast. So we just essentially what happened is we saw there's still so much understanding that needs to develop on how we heal, right? And Mm -hmm. one of the largest data sets right now from the longest running research study um, at Harvard is it looks at our longevity and a number of things that affect that. And the key finding from that study is that our relationships are what matter the most. So if we have high quality relationships, we tend to be healthier and live longer. Mm. And so what we saw is this you know, idea that if you just eat the right food, you know, um, exercise the right amount, that you'll have a good quality of life and you'll live long, a long time, it's actually more complicated than that. Certainly food and exercise matter, but the data from that study is showing our relationships actually trump that. Mm. And so, again, part of what our healing center is about is about building relationships in our community so that people are not isolated and alone. You know, Vivek Murthy the Surgeon General has discussed, you know, he wrote a whole book on loneliness, that it's an epidemic in our culture. And so we're trying to be an antidote to loneliness. We're trying to create a community space where you you bring your problems and we help you with those. And we provide classes and one-on-one treatments and therapies and workshops and opportunities for childcare when you're attending classes and workshops and one-on-one sessions. And so it's really a community wellness center so that people learn that we heal together. Mm. That's like really that's important. That is so important. Loneliness is plaguing a lot of people. So take it from me because my whole gimmick is I'm your BFF. I'm your best Frank forever because I am like synonymous with friendship to a lot of people. My favorite thing is friendship. I am a lot of people's best friend. And I, I met someone uh, in town. And it was so funny because I became friends with her brother. He's, I think he's a little autistic, right? Cause I used to run an art gallery and, and comic book store. So you meet some troubled kids and kids of all ages, right? A lot of adults that have some of these social problems. And this girl said to me, she goes, you know what I love about you, Frank, you're aggressively friendly. And I, and I said, I am, aren't I? And I put that on my resume, that I'm aggressively friendly. And I implore all of you to go out and be aggressively friendly, go make friends because Yeah, you can eat right and do all you want, exercise, and that's great. Friendship and laughter with a friend and just having one friend, one good best friend is all you need to even move to a new location. I only moved to Tucson because I knew uh, one person, you know, and that's what got, that was enough to get me out of here. So long as you got someone to go to the movies with, go, right? Be friends with that person. Go make friends. Go to a place like yours and go make some new friends because loneliness is brutal. And I watch it happen too as we all get a little older. I watch it happen where it's harder to make friends when you're not in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, once we're all out of school and college, uh, it becomes a bit troublesome for some folks to make friends. Mm-hmm. And I always do say, go volunteer, go find these new friends, find people that are interested in doing good things because it's a good thing to do. You can fi- you can make a lot of new friends just by going to the Catalina Rotary Club and and picking up litter. You know, that's another group that I interviewed, like second interview, and I loved it. Like, you're the people that pick up the litter. 
Thank you for doing that on Miracle Mile, because if it wasn't for them, it'd be filthier, right? It's it's a good thing to do good things for the community with other good people in it, mm-hmm. right? Well, and I have to say, Frank, the Catalina Rotary Club offered the lead gift to help us launch the Healing Center. Well, so well. They are doing good things. Look at that. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I must just pulled that right out of the air. Isn't that amazing? I love it. Um, I usually do ask some other questions, like tell me a success story, but... This whole interview has been a success story. This whole conversation with you has been a success story, and I really do appreciate it. But I will ask you this. If you had one wish for your organization, what would it be? You know, what's interesting is I just want this to grow to help more people. I I think that's always been the core of it, is we're really developing a new model of community care Mm -hmm. where we support anyone in the community who's experiencing suffering, illness, trauma, and it's allowing all of us to engage with people who are in a place of suffering and then ourselves to learn and grow together from that. And so my vision really is how do we get this to be a very effective you know, model and healing center and then to allow it to grow so that this could be in additional communities and essentially just serving more people right here in Tucson too. So um, yeah, I think because the impulse for this organization has always been about love and healing and like that little girl we started with, mm-hmm. never wanting anyone to suffer alone. Um, it's just about creating more networks of support so that fewer and fewer people are suffering alone. That's so important. We don't want you to suffer and we don't want you to be alone. We want you to get out there and get involved in this great organization and go check everything out because Integrative Touch are doing a lot of great things. Where can people find you on social media and online? Yeah, so all of our social links are on our website, which is integrativetouch.org. And you can see all the Facebook and Instagram, all the different ones that we're connected to. We have a YouTube channel um, and the Conversations on Healing podcast is also on Um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So that would be another way to connect with us as well. Like, share, and subscribe. Go get it done. Because today we made friends with Shea Bider, founder of Integrative Touch, changing the way we view healthcare in this country through wellness education, support, and above all else, healthcare. Thank you for joining me today, Shea. Thank you. My pleasure. This was Lifestyle Tucson. Bing, bong, bing. Time for a recap. That was a great conversation I had with Shea Bider. And really, again, re-listening to it because I wanted to re-listen to it to do the recap. It was interesting because I recorded that conversation a little while ago. And even since then, the Surgeon General has declared like a national emergency. And the topic was loneliness. And that really struck a chord with me because I know that a lot of people are suffering from that sort of thing. And that's why I really do like that I push everyone to be aggressively friendly like I am. Go out and volunteer, spend time at these organizations, find the people doing the things you want to do, and then you'll be doing those things too. So that's amazing. 95% of this great organization is volunteers. So make sure you donate your time or donate some money and you can sponsor a child to go to camp, get some help and move forward in their life as Integrative Touch is opening that healing center. It might even be open right now and they're teaching mental health and helping everybody out, especially these kids. So thanks to them so much. I do. I want to thank our new friends at Integrative Touch for joining me today. Oh, you can go find everything over at integrativetouch.org. But you've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. For more information about our program or to listen to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday mornings page on klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, or espntucson.com. 
You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are healthy. I'm your BFF Frank Powers, Toot Toot Tucson. I love you the most.